This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bulls are off and running, and Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the Stampede. You're listening to Organizations Win Championships. Welcome to episode 15 of the Organizations Win Championships podcast. I am Jason Bernstein, along with my father and co-host, Dan Bernstein, as well as our research guy and producer, Rick Camp. Well, I can't say I didn't call it. No, you did. You said they would do nothing. This is our post-trade deadline reaction show. There's a lot of stuff we have to get to, but primarily that's what this is. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm sad, I'm a little angry, and I'm just disappointed. And I'm disappointed in, in, the, in the short term in where this team is going. I'm more disappointed in what I'm realizing is now a, a lack of trust in Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. I, I gave them a lot of benefit of the doubt, and I, I, I'm not getting anything back. And I, and I really, I, I've heard so many people around the league say, great hire, great hire, great hire, and, and he's got a vision, and they develop and I'm just not seeing it. And with every every time he talks, I feel worse. And not at all. You talk about development, and then you take the guy that's supposed to be the developmental project, and he's hasn't really developed. And I think part of that is because of DeMar DeRozan. We've talked about this a million times, so I don't want to go over it again. But we look at how Karnaschovas, when he was in Denver, he was the one who drafted Jokic. He was the one who made the trade with the Bulls to acquire Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic for Doug McDermott. And it seems like everything that the Nuggets have done to become the first seed in the West right now, the Bulls haven't done any of that. In fact, they've done the polar opposite. And I I said it on our last episode, which was what? How many days before the trade deadline? Five, four, um, four days before the trade deadline. I said they're not going to make any moves. And I was right. I didn't want that to be the case. In Whether it, whether it was either direction, 
Okay, I'd rather them blow it up, and I think most people think they should. But if you're going to say we're not going to sell, and then you don't make any moves while you're the ninth seed in the East and then suffer a brutal loss to a team that's just been put together, it and it just shows how how terrible the deadline was. They made three threes last night. Well, these are separate things. Three. We'll just, yeah, we'll just we'll discuss both of them. They, they didn't. It's it's as much what AK said as what he didn't do, because when he's talking about these, first it was these last twenty eight games, and then this morning he's on with the Mulligan Haw show with Haw and Dan Weederer on the score, and it's down to twenty seven games. And I'm like, well, wait a second, that game was a data point. When you say that all these games matter in your decision and that this, that, don't give me close losses. Don't give me the fact that you think this team is has to is learning how to win. And that he said, I'm disappointed that our record doesn't reflect the improvement. Well, guess what? Maybe you're not improving. I haven't maybe, improved. Maybe the record does reflect it. What What are you going to see over these 27? that could possibly change what they've been since the all-star break last year. What could you possibly see? I'm just, I'm just so disappointed. I'm so bereft that, that we're getting from, maybe he just doesn't understand that this isn't Denver. And if they want to talk about their six titles and if they want to put trophies on all their marketing material and on their, their masthead and, and always talk about those six trophies, you can't say, well, we've, we're in a lot of games we're we're improving we're resilient we've lost close games it just makes me sick and it makes me sad and it's not okay you can't talk to bulls fans like that you can't it it their losses have been like the chicago bears losses however they were supposed the, the entire goal for the bears was to lose tight games and if the bulls were to blow it up i would be super happy with that because then you got you have guys developing and you have a chance to get the best prospects in twenty years. You you don't you, you don't mess around with close losses when you're saying at the trade at the trade deadline. Oh, we're not going to sell. We're not going to sell because I believe we'll be a strong playoff team. If you say that and you're happy with close losses and want to see where this team can go because of close losses, what the hell are you thinking? It, it makes no sense. Everything is so contradictory. It, it, it It's just so stupid. The other contradiction is that he said it was hard to find the right deal because it was such a buyer's market. Well, then sell. <laughs> if it's a buyer's market, take advantage of the buyer's market. Either way, use the market, whatever it is, whatever the dynamics are, to get the bulls closer to winning a championship. And he won't even articulate that. Like that's not even on their radar at the moment publicly. They're not even talking about that. It's make the playoffs this year to what end? Miss the playoffs this year to what end? None of it, it comes together to make any sense. And the Vooch piece too. If you want to try to get back some value for whatever you overpaid for him and you flip him because he's going to leave, fine. And if you're going to resign him, I want to know why, because th those numbers don't bode well. The, the, the performance 
of 33-year-old bigs over a certain threshold, the only guys who sustain any of that production are Hall of Fame-level players. And if you're going to still say, or if you're still searching for your Jokic, that you can have a a, a, a passing, below-the-rim, multi-talented big who doesn't really defend, you got to have a whole lot of other things go right. And I don't see any steps toward those either. I don't even think you can compare Vooch and Nikola Jokic. It, it 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 doesn't make sense to me why people compare them. I think it's because they have the same name, similar last names. They come from, they they're from similar places, and they're just unathletic bigs. I think that's the only that's what people bring up without watching games. And if you watch the game, Jokic does a lot of things that Vooch doesn't. And that's I'm not saying Vooch is a bad player because. In reality, he's had a decent season, and he's not bad. And when DeRozan is, has, hasn't played, Vooch has been very productive. But it, if you're looking at this, what they want to call a core, which isn't a core because they don't win anything, it, they haven't earned the right to call. They, correct. They haven't earned the right to call this a core. Although, although I will, I mean, if they want to say the core includes Lonzo Ball, I guess that makes sense because they did win when he was playing. That I mean. He, their record was really good when Lonzo played. and But the thing is that one player who is the fourth best player on your roster shouldn't be the X factor. The X factor should be the best player on the team. If you lose the best player, that's when you lose games, not when you lose the fourth best player. And the thing is that with the Bulls, if they lose their so-called best player in DeRozan, they sometimes play better. Not against Memphis. They were not very good against Memphis. Although they were up by five in the third quarter at one point. They were, but again, that's two games in a row now of Patrick Williams getting physically bullied. And that the scouting report on him would be just run into him, just smack him, and he'll go into a shell. And I remember there was, Rick might remember this name. There was a bull years ago, really nice guy and a talented player, this guy, Joe Courtney who was, he might have even been a first-round pick, maybe second-round pick, Southern Mississippi, and big athletic forward. And I, I he was he was developing in the CBA, and anytime we play against him, our coach, because we saw that he was on the team, he was like, oh, they got Joe Courtney. That's a, that guy, he could be 20 and 10. He goes, no, he's not. So what do you mean? He goes, just punch him in the neck. You won't hear another word from him. Because he's he he doesn't want any kind of contact, and the moment you hit him, he's done for the game. And that's what I'm feeling about Patrick is that he doesn't respond. He doesn't ever be like, "Oh, okay, we're doing this." Well, I'm big and strong and fast and athletic, and I, I'm I'm not going to let you do that to me. He just he just lets it happen. And last night he got benched, and he deserved to get benched. You 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 look at the game last night, and after all those 40 point games from Cam Thomas and he was not playing very well. However, he never lost confidence and all he did was try to get the ball and try to put the ball in the basket. No matter how many times he was fouled and it didn't get called. There's something about Cam Thomas. He got uh, not the part where he gets fined $40,000 for saying, not no, yeah, don't say it. Don't say I'm not, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm obviously not going to say it, but he, that was a very dumb decision, but He's he's a good player and he doesn't lose confidence after a few misses. That that's my issue with Patrick is he he loses confidence very quickly. He doesn't get mad enough. It's like it's like 
the it's like the movie Dodgeball where they ask, "You gotta get angry. You gotta, you gotta get mean. <laughs> That's the only way." But Patrick never gets angry. I want him to get angry. I want I want him to have a moment where he gets a wrench to the head. You can dodge a ball. You can dodge a wrench. No, no. It's if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge. Oh, a ball. so I got it backwards. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, that one. Wait. Strike that. Reverse it. I also I want to call out uh, Andre Drummond as we've had we've had <laughs> he's re- been fun. We've had a serious Andre Drummond experience the last couple of days. I don't really think he's any good, but he if, if that play in the Memphis game is not <laughs> shacked in a fool, oh, I don't God. know what is because he, he's got the ball in the open court. And he tries, I, I you can call it a Euro step because it looked it looked Euro steppy, and he's ready to finger roll. He's ready to get his full George Gervin on. And he leans toward the basket and he flips it out of his hand instead of toward the basket, Straight away up. from it. Yeah. <laughs> Back toward himself. I've never seen that. Oh, and everybody's going crazy when they saw him break it. But I'm, I'm smiling through the pain. I'm laughing through the pain. I'm so unhappy. I'm so disappointed because all I wanted was clarity. And we got less clarity. We actually know less about the plan. We've what uh, plan? I don't think they have one. I was trying to remember what is the last thing in sport, like an actual sports outcome, not like an injury or a sad story. What is the last thing where something in like Chicago sports, you as a fan, made you cry? Oh, Cody Parkey for sure. You cried after the Cody Parkey yes. double doink. Oh my God, are you kidding? I was in eighth grade. That. I would that was a very low point in my sports fandom. Probably the lowest, if I'm being quite honest. That was really awful. The only others I remember from you, because when you were little and really into games. Well, yeah, you also screamed when Alexei Ramirez hit a grand slam, so I started crying. You were like three. Yes, that was against the Tigers. We were at Nana and Papa's house, and Alexei at the grand slam, and you were so rattled by my scream that you just you you were just terrified. I think, but that's that's that wasn't because of the outcome. Obviously, you loved Alexei Ramirez. It was the ones I remember from you, Rajai Davis's home run off Araldis Chapman. Oh yeah, that was bad. Where you? Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, what's happening? No, because I no, I was I because I said you jinxed it. Yeah, but you, but you weren't crying because I jinxed it. You were crying because it happened. Yes, but I was also very because I but I called it though. I said it was going to happen because you said Rajay Davis isn't going to hit a home run. I did. For That's those true. wondering if you're pissed, oh, Bernstein's kid likes both baseball teams. Because of his job, I grew up watching both teams, so I don't hate either of them. There's your answer. Now, continue. And the uh, the other time was when you went to the Northwestern Nebraska football game. Oh, with and you, Papa? Was and you, Papa? Yep, and you, and he, and you were sitting in the Nebraska. You got tickets from the, the Nebraska people, right? Yeah, they and choked. You, and you came home early. The game was still going on. So we turned to you, because you were kind of running out of gas, and, 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 you, and he... Papa brought you back here and we put the game on and that's when Nebraska was like, Oh yeah, we have wide receivers. You just can't cover. And they just marched down the field and won the game and you were bawling. <laughs> that's how I, that that's seriously how I felt after hearing Karnaschovas yesterday. Like I was too shocked. I was on the air yesterday when the deadline expired. And then I thought, okay, here's, I compared it to, you you seen Apollo thirteen? 
I've seen like the second half of it. Would you remember when when they when they on reentry they think they might burn up because of the heat shield, and then they're in like radio an area where the radio won't work. And it's been a while. Well, that's that's how I felt in the in like the last ten minutes after the deadline, thinking, wait, maybe they made a deal, and maybe we can still wait. But no, the astronauts are. Dead. I was I was doing the same thing. Like at two fifteen, I was sitting on the toilet trying to see if <laughs> nothing was reported yet. It's a lovely story. Thank you. You're welcome. But, but I just, I don't know. I, I feel powerless. I feel disappointed. And I kind of feel insulted. I, re- I really feel insulted because I thought there was the, the the buy-in and the trust for them to just be like, well, the last 28 games, we're going to we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of close losses and we'll we'll see i'm i'm really i'm really disappointed it's supposed to be better than this it's not supposed to be like this and don't give me the buyout market and russell freaking westbrook russell westbrook uh what's the latest that he's he may be a jazz I, I've seen that there's a possibility he stays, but there's also a high likelihood that he gets bought out. And I've obviously Woj said that the Bulls are the front runners. And at this point, obviously, I don't think it makes any sense. And I think it's as a player, I don't think he'd fit at all. But at this point, I don't think it could get any worse. And I want to see something new and interesting. So I'm kind of rooting for it to happen rather than see them on the court together. I, You're that cynical already? Yeah. And uh, the one thing I'm holding out hope for is that who was his coach when he won the MVP? Billy. Yeah. He, Billy, got, Billy brought out the best of Russell Westbrook. His best seasons came when Billy was head coach. Even, even when Durant was there, Russell Westbrook was playing fantastic. And... They know each other, so that's the reason why I am not completely out against it. Mm, but yeah. I, I, I want to see something happen. All, I, as a player, though, if they were to scan the buyout market to make a major difference, I think Reggie Jackson would fit the best because he's a why? good shooter and he doesn't dominate the ball. And... But Westbrook is a bad shooter who does dominate the ball. That's that I know, but it's Russell Westbrook, and I think LA was a bad fit for him. Like this could be any better, but I think I, I don't know. I I some part of me wants to see it happen, knowing that it's highly unlikely that it would work. Or even, and I still don't know the chance that they could actually acquire him. I mean, I'm I've been checking my phone for the all the time for the for a while, like all day, just to see if anything has happened with Westbrook. But I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen much. There are some who like I I, I kind of I, I feel bad that you're cynical enough already to say hey screw it give me something to watch I know it's not good but if you're already hate watching the Bulls in that regard or, or or chaos watching we're not supposed to be there at this point all they had to do was pick a direction and 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 all AK had to do was at, at least convince me convince me he's seeing what we're seeing Billy is like I have no doubt. 
the, the guy who actually does the talking for this organization knows what's going on. And they claim that they share information that they're in the same building and they're talking. So why is one guy who's got the best seat in the house for every game, why does he know and understand what's happening? He may not coach around it as well as I want him to or coach the stars to stop doing some of the the, the bad habit stuff that they keep doing. But when, when Karnashova says he, that he, he is, is happy enough that he kind of likes what they're seeing with being resilient and that their record really doesn't show how good they are, man, I am. It just, it just makes me sad it, 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 because it's, it wasn't supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to sound like this and nothing in the buyout market. No, ver this year's version of Tristan Thompson is going to change anything. And even if they were to get out of the play in, somebody would, would, would kick them in the rocks in the first playoff series. And, and they're still left with Vooch leaving and without draft picks and, and no capital to spend. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. And we, this was the day. Finally, he's going to talk and he can explain yeah. where, where Theo Epstein would always say, the, the worse it's going, the more available I have to be. And when he would say, I'm never going to hide the ball. Here's what our plan is. Here's where we are relative to what we said we wanted to do. Maybe I'm, I'm spoiled. By the, even Rick Hahn. Even right. Rick Hahn. Say what you want about, about them and not spending and all that. But at least you can find him. And he's. it was Hahn himself who said the what mired in mediocrity, his famous quote. Well, that's what this is. And yet AK doesn't want to say it. There was something at the beginning of the year where it was just like, we won't settle for mediocrity. And it was an AK quote. And I don't know if there's a more mediocre team in basketball. They're right there in isn't. the middle of everything. They, they are. They're absolutely right in the middle. If, if I look at the They're moment, so averagely bad. As far as offensive rating, they're 23rd out of 30. Defensive rating, amazingly, they're 9th out of 30. Their net rating is point or plus 0 0.3 17th out of 30 it is right in the middle even if we apply the expected win loss which is like their version of the the pythagorean baseball stat they would be 28 and 27 instead of 26 and 29 and i don't know if that counts the 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 admitted officiating issues but what would that be even yeah. say they say they play to their expected win loss uh, statistically of 28 and 27. What's that? Where are you going? Nowhere. Uh, I uh, Let's take a turn for a second because you just can't stop um, killing yourself right now with, with all this. But I just, I, I just want to say, I don't know what the hell is going on in Brooklyn, but they are fun. Yeah, they are, aren't they? And that's without Bridges and... Um, Cam Johnson, who they just acquired from the Suns. Everybody's 6'8", and everybody can shoot. Except Nick Claxton, who is a really good defensive player, could even be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. And if I'm... I'm not looking forward to facing them. As much as you want to say they don't have enough star power... Everybody on their team can switch. Everybody can shoot. It it they're tough. Well, there you just said it. it. It's it, 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 first you mentioned offense, but with everybody six, Joe eight, Harris, man, and athletic, oh, 
crap. But you're right. They can switch every screen. Like you, they, they can obviate ball screens with some of those lineups out there. And they, they, how about what the hell happened to Yuta Watanabe? No, he's been. I've I've, I've been telling you this entire year how good he is. He doesn't miss. But and it's all how, net every time. Do you see how ready he is to shoot? Watch yeah, him off I, the ball. I, I was saying, I was saying, Patrick needs to take a lesson from that because Patrick always looks like he doesn't have a plan with what he wants to do with the ball. I feel like if he should, he stands in the same spot every single time. So why doesn't he just map out in his head? Maybe he looks at the defense, sees something, and map out in your head what you're gonna do when you touch the ball or if you touch the ball because. Sometimes guys don't want to give it to them, but man, they're really fun and they're really good defensively. And that's without Mikhail Bridges, who is, I believe, second defensive player of the year voting last year. And many people thought he should have won over Marcus Smart. And Nick Claxon's a great defender. Dorian Finney-Smith is a great defender. And we know that Watanabe can really shoot it. Joe Harris can really shoot it. Patty Mills can shoot. I mean, they just have a lot of guys that are just really steady NBA players. Yeah. And you were drooling and, over Dayron Sharp too. Oh yeah. He, he's another one of those just long athletic, strong centers that, and the bulls just don't have. And he was, he's a late first round pick. He's in the, he was, he's been in the G league for some time this year and last year. And he's, long athletic and when you face a team when you're facing a team like the bulls who don't have enough long athletic bigs he's gonna kill you and it might just be because the bulls don't have many of those guys if any that i want that i like so many players of that type but it seems like the nba is moving in that direction where everybody is long and athletic and everybody can shoot and the well, Bulls are moving in the opposite direction. There was a sequence in the game, too, that was just an exquisite distillation of their problems. And finally, because we watch the local broadcast when we watch games generally, and, and there wasn't one, so we didn't get to have the fun of, of, of watching the you know, Jason and Kendall and Will and Adam and Stacy. But Stan Van Gundy nailed it, man. He, he said it. They're all talking about DeRozan. He said, well, really, the guy's got more value as Levine because he hits the shot that's worth more. And as he's going on and as he's on his soapbox, what's happening? Bulls they start miss to a, lose. Bulls miss a contested two. The Nets come down and get a three. Bulls miss a three. They get a three. And it's like it's, it was literally right in front of you as he's describing it as if it's some sort of some inscrutable wisdom that three is more than two. And you can push against that all you want. And I, I thought that that AK was a little defensive about that when asked about it. So, well, some nights we hit him and we just uh, we, we, we could score in other ways. Like, no, man. No, Read the can't. room. Look at the league. Like you look at the mid-2010s Warriors, the, the team that revolutionized the shoot a three every time thing. And that's why they won three championships in four years is because they took more threes than everyone else. Granted, it was the start of it. So that's why other teams, I think, have caught up to them. The thing is that they had three of the, I would say, top five. I would say top ten. I don't know if Kevin Durant's a top five shooter of all time, but two of the top five shooters ever. And you, it, it's just, it's just wild when 
you don't when these people don't see the problems these guys that were supposed to be visionary and so such a difference from you know Garpax and, you, and, you know I, and, just... and there hasn't been anything like they were an eight seed in 2017. They were almost the same thing in 2016. At least they had the balls to try to tear it down a little bit. The bull, the, they had three years of the seventh overall pick. I don't want the 18th overall pick just to lose in the first round. You know what else? I just realized hearing you say that what another contradiction that I didn't think of before. When you shoot a lot of twos, and you play the way the Bulls play offensively, you lower variance, and you make it more likely, what? That you're going to play closer games. If you're going to shoot more threes, you're going to have bad nights where you're going to get blown out. But you're also going to have incredible nights where you are the windshield instead of the bug. So when, if, if, AK is going to look at that as a positive that they're resilient, that they play close games, that they're in a lot of games. You're in a lot of games because you decide to play less explosively and with less variance. So that's a really interesting thing here. And, and, you know, Rick was pointing out some stuff in the chat about the rockets, about, about the, the, the risk that you take with variance and how you, let let, let me just say the, I think it was 20, 18 Rockets when they had Chris Paul and they almost beat the Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Because they just decided to shoot it every time. And once it runs out, it looks bad, but when they're going in, it looks really good. You just have to get more guys that make it more likely. And they they also had a guy who was dropping 50 every other game because he shot a lot of threes and he got fouled all the time. And then they changed the rules on him. And then he decided to, to eat. And he's still a little bit upset that he he. What's funny to me is how upset he was after he wasn't named an All Star initially because he posted on his Instagram story the disrespect. And so everybody, I think James. It would have been all right if James Harden was an All Star. I'm not totally against it, but I just think it. I would. I didn't think of him this this year as an All Star. But the disrespect, dude. You've had plenty. You're you're an MVP. Just live. Just live with it. You've had a very successful NBA career in your past your prime. Live with it. And then the re- injury replacements come out today. And thank God Pascal Siakam is an all-star because he's been un- out of his mind this year. And as well as De'Aaron Fox. I love De'Aaron Fox. And I think he should have been an all-star w- without being an injury replacement. So I'm glad that he got the nod. Anthony Edwards as well. I think he deserves it. But he wasn't Harden after all that wasn't named an all-star. And it, it just makes me laugh. I think I would. I think Brunson should have. If if you're saying that Harden should have been All Star replacement, then so should should have Jalen Brunson. But I don't see how you can take either of those guys over Siakam because only one of the replacements was in the East. To let you know um, that I had I had my three names picked out for the organization's win championships college showdown, but uh, Jason came over and sat down and and cheated and, and I didn't I dad looked dad, at the names that okay I let me add some context because he was on another podcast and then it ended and so I went over because I was having a conversation with my father who was a foot away from me 
and the host of the podcast, George Offman. And I just happened to see them. So he's acting like it's completely my fault. You're the one that told me to come over to the couch and say hi. And so you directed me toward your names, knowing that they were sitting there out in the open. And, so but then, I don't, don't, don't want to. I don't want to hear you. They were good. Completely names too. blaming me. They were good names. I All only right. would have gotten one, is what I said after. That. Really? Yeah, I said oh. I, I would have only gotten uh, Kendrick Nunn. You wouldn't have gotten Tyrese Martin or Josh Minot. I've never even heard of Tyrese Martin. All right. Well, I got three more. Okay. I don't. Is who the who? Let me see if Tyrese Martin. No, you see, check it later. Let's see if he's in the NBA. Jason is 35 and is. 7 in the college showdown. I am closing in on 500 at 19, 21, and 2. All right. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Number one is Toronto power forward Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher went to Oregon. He did. Sacramento point guard still in the league. Matthew Della Vadova. Della, you went to St. Mary's, right? Yes. And finally, Phoenix Center, Jock Landale. Oh, I, I've heard that name. I really don't know. God, he, he, because he's an NBA player, he didn't go to a Summit League school, but he sounds like a guy that would have gone to like Oral Roberts. I know that's not true. So I'm going to throw out the guess. Rectal Roberts. Let's go with an A-10 school. Let's go with St. Bonaventure. Ooh, no, it was a trick question. He also went to St. Mary's. Oh, so you got nervous when I said Saint. Yes, I did. But I that's in the WCC. Oh, he, and he's also Oh, so that means Australian. Del Vadova went there, Australian, and yep. so did Patty Mills. So Oh. I, I, I knew that Patty Mills and Delvadova both went to St. Mary's, and I remember that because they're from Australia. But I did not. Had I known that he was Australian, I would have guessed St. Mary's. Either way, you got it wrong. Ha. It's a hot I win. Yeah, let's see if you win. All right. First up for you, we have Pist former Pistons center Bill Lambeer. Notre Dame. Yep. Next, we have former Warriors and Rockets guard Sleepy Floyd. Eric Sleepy Floyd, Georgetown. Yes. Oh, wow. And last but not least, former Phoenix Suns big man, Dan Marley. Dan Marley. Oh. Oh, Thunder Dan. Oh, yes. It's a directional Michigan. He, it's, he, it's a direct, he went to Central Michigan. Yes. Oh, my Lord. Wow, that was a good day. So you did win. Wow. Okay. There you go. Eat that one. Yeah, well, let's look at the record. Well, I can enjoy it for now. Because You're above 500, unlike the Bulls. That's true. Uh, I have moved, moved to above 500. Let's celebrate. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that, what was that? Episode 15 of Organizations Win Championships. So subscribe, rate it, review it, like it be a part of it and do I, stuff I, unlike the bulls i thought this was going to be was going to be a rough one but uh i feel a little better this is this is a good therapy session which is what this is kind of turning into all right we'll get you next time